Hello and welcome to the Diz Unplug Roundtable Discussion for January 22nd, 2008. From Orlando, Florida, I'm your host, Pete Werner, joined each week by our team of Orlando experts, Bob Varley, Julie Martin, Corey Martin, Kevin Close, and John Magi. In this week's show, we'll talk about the top news stories on the Diz, including the final chapter in the battle over low-cost housing in Anaheim. Kevin Close does a comparative review of two Magic Kingdom counter-service restaurants, and he also gives us an update on a previous review he had done at Teppan Ito at the Japan Pavilion in Epcot a few months ago. And I have my review of the new disaster attraction that just opened at Universal Orlando. All that plus Roundtable Rapid Fire on this week's edition of the Diz Unplugged. All right, we have some housekeeping that we want to get out of the way this week. Actually, we have a lot of housekeeping to get out of the way this week. Uh, First, I know some folks were having uh, difficulty last week in downloading our email show, and I want to apologize for that. As I'd mentioned a few weeks back, we had undergone a... uh, server migration. We moved to new servers, new equipment. And uh, one, of the things that, uh, one of the things that changed was that instead of our site being existing on just one server, it now literally exists on three, uh, three servers simultaneously. It's called load balancing. If uh, there's too much traffic going to one server, it'll load balance them. It'll move traffic around to the other two. So it's always got an identical copy, supposed to have an identical copy of the site on all three servers. Well, there's software that has to make that replication happen, and we've been, we're having some issues with that software, which is what caused a lot of the glitches last week. We believe we have it corrected. If you are still having trouble downloading the email show, I suggest that you delete the podcast feed from your iTunes account and resubscribe to it. Uh, that might fix the problem. If you had tried to download the email show uh, and it didn't work, uh, sometimes it won't go and try again. It just says it didn't work and it won't do it. And that's happened to me before. I've had to delete my feed and, and resubscribe. So um, I suggest that you give that a try if you're having trouble with the email show. But uh, I did want to mention that to everyone and apologize for the for the issues, for the technical issues. But And next, you, have, have, a, you have a retraction. I have a, I have a, a correction, adjustment I for everybody that is in uh, California that's looking for the four. It, it's not going to happen uh for some reason i well i'm used to the four over here in florida and it's like i got home and it's like it's not the four it's the five so i i put a uh, retraction type adjustment on the on the on the board the podcast and for those board. who are completely confused we were answering a, an email oh, yeah. in our last show sorry for you know bob bob just assumes everyone was here with us um, but we were discussing it. We played a voicemail in our last show. Someone who was just going to have a, a day to do uh, to go to Disneyland. He was going to be in San Diego driving up, and Bob was giving driving directions and told him to take the four from San Diego. The four does, in fact, not exist. It is the five, <laughs> the five. that uh, that he would have to take. So that's the correction Bob was attempting to make. Yes. Um, so just for those who didn't hear the email show, yes. we'd make that clear for them. And I did get, I did make contact with the person that's actually going to make that drive. So he's all squared away. He's in Mexico now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cuatro. Yeah, they have a. Cuatro. Si, si, monsieur. Si, monsieur. <laughs> Catchy little tune. <laughs> Sir, do you know where the four is? Si. <laughs> so, that was gridlock in in San Diego this week. 
And I also want to make sure I get in a mention for those who haven't heard about it that we're doing a podcast cruise May 10th, 2009. And uh, I know some people really want to go and aren't able to make that happen right now. So they really don't want to hear me talk about this. But uh, uh, we've had, uh, I, I've got to tell you the truth, I'm really impressed with the number of people who signed up. We've got, uh, we've already got a great crowd. We've already got a great crowd. It's only going to get bigger. And uh, we have some great pricing. Uh, secured through Dreams Unlimited Travel. You have to go through Dreams Unlimited Travel in order to join us on the cruise. We're going to be doing a lot of very cool parties. I'm working on some really neat stuff. And for those of you who may happen to know what my parties are like, I tend to go overboard. So I guess that may be a bad uh, a bad expression to use for a cruise. But uh, we are uh, we're really looking forward to it. We're going to be doing a lot of things on the show in the coming year. If you want more information, just go to the show notes page, podcast.wdwinfo.com. There's a link there that will show you what the pricing is right now, so you don't have to worry about putting in a quote first. You can take a look and see if it's something you can do. And uh, there's a link there for if you want to put in a quote and join us. We're going to have a great time, and we're going to be doing a lot of special stuff uh, in the next couple of weeks, have some announcements to make, and some special stuff for the show for those who are going to be joining us. Uh, one other thing I wanted to make sure I mentioned, uh, Dreams Unlimited Travel is going to be sponsoring a virtual Disney Cruise Line house party in the Diz chat room this coming Saturday, January 26th, from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. Now, uh, Disney Cruise Line uh, uh, was having individual individuals run house parties in their local neighborhoods in an effort to expose people to Disney Cruise Line and offer some prizes and some discounts. And a number of people had signed up to do this with Disney Cruise Line, and a lot of them got uh, turned down. So uh, we thought we would run something uh, similar right here on the Diz. Our own uh, producer here on the Diz Unplugged, Regina Henricks, along with Dreams Unlimited Travel's Tracy Whipple, will host the chat that evening. And we'll be giving away some $50 give Disney gift cards at random to whoever's in the room. And uh, we're also going to give away a uh, a four-night Disney Cruise Line vacation for two, courtesy, of course, of Dreams Unlimited Travel. And this does not have to be the podcast cruise. It could be, but it doesn't have to be. And uh, everyone is welcome to attend our virtual uh, house party. We're going to have links all around the site on the day of the event and on the boards as well. And we'll also put something on the Diz Unplugged uh, show notes page. That's podcast.wdwinfo.com, and that's going to be this Saturday, January 26th, from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Come and chat about Disney Cruise Line, ask some questions, and maybe win a prize. All right, something else I wanted to talk about, it was an idea that I, I it kind of came to me in the last, last few days, was I get emails all the time from people on the site asking that they have a, they'll have a small business of their own, home-based business or something like that, and they want to advertise on the Diz, and there's really, in a lot of cases, there's not too much I can do because really and truly the cost of advertising on the site is, uh, for you know, for a really small business would be cost prohibitive. And so I was thinking, you know, it would be kind of cool if we could use the show as a way to maybe plug some of our listeners' businesses. So what we came up with was if uh, you have a small business, uh, that uh, has a prize that has a product that would make a good prize for us to give away on the show. We will uh, return the favor by 
you know, you write us a couple of paragraphs about your business and what you do, and we'll talk about you and give you a plug and uh, give you some give you some free advertising. I'm not going to tell you that a plug from us is going to send them racing to your site and make you a millionaire overnight, but it'll be some good exposure for you. A small plug from the unplugged. <laughs> and it's kind of like supporting your podcast friends. Yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. So I just thought that was, you know, something different to do. Um, we don't do any, uh, we don't allow um, any for sale. We don't, we don't allow any for sale advertising on the site. I will not accept any uh, direct commercial advertising. We do talk about companies we do business with, but only in the course of our conversation and always under full disclosure. So I thought uh, rather than, you know, I'm not interested in having paid advertising on the site or on the, uh, on the show. So I thought something like this would be cool. Something like this would be a little different. So, and we've met a couple of people who have already. You know, well, yeah. Well, that's where I got the idea. One of our listeners had uh, uh, given us. She she was making making these homemade soaps. Yeah. And I was using it in the shower the other day. I'm like, wow, this is really good soap. I'm really enjoying the soap. Uh, we're using the ginger lime in the soap at, in the shower at home. Mine's a Hawaiian something or other, but it's great. Mm-hmm. That, that was Debbie T. I think mm-hmm. from Alabama. Yep. She even had soaps for dogs. She does, yeah, yeah, and it was it was just yeah. I'm like you know, so she, you know, entre- there are a lot of entrepreneurs out there. I certainly know what that's like. I certainly know what it's like to start a small business and the challenges that can can arise. So I thought you know hey, it would be kind of something different to do, cool. a unique idea. So just uh, if you have if if you think you you'd have something you'd like to uh, give away on the show podcast at wdwinfo.com. Tell us what it is you want to give away. Give us a couple of paragraphs about your uh, your product. If we think it's a good a good match, we'll get back to you and tell you where to send uh, send the prize prizes to, and we'll talk about it on the show. So I thought that was a good idea. If I do say so myself, <laughs> lean over here. We'll pat you on the back. Okay. <laughs> and uh, finally, uh, we have our dinner with Kevin contest that's going on right now we've got uh, we, we've told people that if you want to uh, win a shot win a, win a dinner dining review with kevin to go ahead and write a dining review of your own and send it into us at podcast at wdwinfo.com i think i'm going to sweeten the deal i think we're going to throw in three three days two nights at the swan dolphin Oh, Let them know gonna... that I'm not involved in that. Right. <laughs> Kevin will not be. You get to in spend three days, two nights at the Swan Dolphin with Kevin Close in the same room, in the I, same bed. I think that's illegal. <laughs> I thought you were going to throw John in. John will clean the room. Gee, thanks. <laughs> okay, everyone's speechless. Take a second. Why are you all looking at me? I'm not sure. <laughs> because who knows what you're going to give away next. <laughs> I'm going to be driving people somewhere, taking care of their pets while they're away. Hey, it's a good idea. John's pet oh, pet setting service. <laughs> next time, shut up. John will watch the kids while we're at dinner. <laughs> oh, there you John, go. Will, John will entertain the children. Sit down. Shut up. FYI, he has kennels in his home. <laughs> do you know how to book reservations? And if, you have, if there are any child psychologists out there, you might want to give away a prize then. <laughs> The kid might need it. Oh, uh, now we. Um, oh, while we're on the subject of prizes, uh, we had we announced three last week. Uh, one we, of the um, ones that you announced, the randomly selected people. Mm-hmm. One of the three, Tanya Potts, contacted mm-hmm. us. She was very excited. Number fourteen. And she chose number fourteen. You said, Julie. That's correct. 
And she gets herself a $25 Disney gift certificate. Yay. Yay. Congratulations. Congratulations, Tanya. Tanya. Now, the other two people whose names we chose at random last week have not gotten back to Julie yet. You have one more week. <laughs> and then we're going to give your prizes to someone else. So. You better email me back. Do Check we have- your junk folder. <laughs> That's a good idea. Check your spam folders, folks. If you haven't heard, check your spam folder. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I send out lots of emails every week. All right. And that'll do it for housekeeping. We're going to move on to the news. Yeah, this is more a cautionary tale than anything else, but uh, uh, an Ohio man and a woman from New Hampshire are out $480 after they answered an ad on Craigslist for cheap Disney tickets. Between the two of them, they wired that amount to a Scott Dean in Athens, Georgia, who had placed the ad, and of course, neither one of them received the tickets. And I just threw this in basically because this is a story for as long as I have been doing this. Uh, this is a story I just keep hearing. You will not get cheap Disney tickets through Craigslist. I promise you, you will not get them. It, it will just, I'm sorry, it's just, you don't buy your tickets that way. It doesn't. It doesn't pay. It's too good to be true. It is. I was just going to say the old expression: "If it's too good to be true, this is one of those tales." You know, there are legitimate deals to get on tickets. There are ticket brokers here in town. We've mentioned the official ticket center is who we uh, who we use. There are others as well that are legitimate. Um, if they're in a parking lot, if they're on Craigslist, um, even to some degree, if they're on eBay. You have to understand, Disney tickets, you have no way of knowing if these have been used, if there are any days left on them, what options they have. All of that is encoded on a magnetic stripe. It does not appear on the ticket anywhere. You have no idea what you're buying, and you won't find out until you get to the turnstile. And that's not, if you even get the tickets to begin with, you're not going to find out whether they're legitimate until you get to the parks. It just isn't worth it. That's why Disney doesn't give out that information over the phone. Or There's no way to call and check you, on you what the check's worth. They, they just don't do it. Absolutely. Something to keep in mind is if someone buys a ticket that has a no expiration option on it, the value of that ticket stays forever. So if someone leaves here and has two days left and it's no expiration, they can come back any time and have that value. So it doesn't make any sense financially for someone to sell you that ticket less than what they the value of would be because they could always go back to Disney and get that value. The only so time don't fall for that thinking. Well, this person can, can never get this money back. Disney has set up a system where they can get that money back in a different form, mm-hmm. not in cash. Well, a, a good rule of thumb is if you're going to take a used ticket from somebody, make sure it's someone you know, someone you work with, a friend of yours, someone you trust, not somebody of Craigslist. Mm-hmm. Don't buy. I wouldn't buy anything off Craigslist. And even on eBay. They have the feedback system. If you're dealing with someone who seems reputable on mm-hmm. eBay and has a great deal of positive feedback and people have said this person is trustworthy, I would say that's a better possibility than someone on Craigslist who you have no way of checking. Right. Precisely. Personally, don't take the chance ever. Ever take the chance to buy yeah. a ticket because you get, like Kevin said, you get what you pay for. And technically, any unused tickets really are not supposed to be transferable. We all know you can do it. We all know other people who you've used other people's tickets. But Disney's rule of thumb is these are non-transferable. So you never know if you're going to show up one day and they're going to say, you know what, this is someone else's ticket. Well, you can't get in. What they do now is, you know, they make everyone put their finger in the the finger the finger reader to get a uh, <laughs> yeah. biometric uh, 
picture of your uh, fingerprint. The identity stealer. That is attached to every... Uh, well, I, yeah, that's, I still won't do it. I show them my... I refuse to do that. I absolutely refuse. There's no reason those people need my fingerprint to go into a theme park. They take your identity and a little piece of your soul. You know, some schools are using that technology in the lunchroom for kids. Instead of, they just put their finger and it tells them how much they have left on their lunch card and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. Well, I mean, you know, there are certain uses of the technology that make sense. There's other uses of it that are frightening. And the fact that the software and the hardware used to capture that, so that that fingerprint information is the same company who makes this stuff for the CIA and Disney is known to have worked with the government on security issues. I have no idea what information is really being captured and what's being done with it. And I'm one of the few people left in America, apparently, who actually think that's a problem. So when I go into the parks, I show them my, uh, I show them my, uh, my, my driver's license. I won't put my finger in that, but... That's just me being crotchety and old-fashioned. Um, <laughs> I'm not getting my finger. <laughs> it's all very Skynet. <laughs> no, it's starting to get. I'm sorry. Just the whole, the whole thing is starting to get scary. There's just so much personal information out there. There's so much personal information being collected. For what reason? What reason do you really need my fingerprint? If you really want to make sure I'm the same person whose name is on that pass, ask to see my ID. Oh, we have this argument. This not argument. We say this all the time. Go back to taking a picture. Universal does it. It's not that hard to do. The technology well, not on a, a, a seven-day pass. Right. No, but still on an annual pass, and it's not that yep. hard technology to do. You stand in front of a camera now. It's two seconds. Well, the annual pass. I, the annual pass. I'm less. I have less of a problem with that than I do over a five-day park hopper. You don't need people's fingerprints for this. Now Disney is going to say to you. That we're not taking the whole fingerprint. We're only taking uh, an image of certain points on your finger. Uh, but the, but according, even the, uh, the the company that manufactured the software said the difference between that and the full fingerprint is one setting in, a, in, in the software where that could be captured. And I just think, again. And I'm sorry. I've been on enough cruise ships. When you get on the cruise ship, they take your picture as you buy your pass. You hand it to them, and it goes, bing. They look at your picture, they look at you, and they uh-huh. let you through. It actually takes me less time to get on a cruise ship than it takes me to do the biometric yes. re- blood pressure thing. That or, you know. you're also, that also requires you know the somewhat uneducated masses to figure out how to put their finger into a, a slot on the top of the turnstile, <laughs> which for which some one. people apparently <laughs> – is a very very challenging act. Let, let's even take wait. A step. I have to I have to put the ticket in the slot and put saying. my finger on this. Does someone have a manual? Is there a, is there an instruction? <laughs> the book other here? day we were going into the park and the woman ahead of me got out her little antibacterial wipe and wiped the whole thing down before anybody in her family touched it. Mm. Oh yeah, well those things are. Do you know Corey's, the Corey? Corey's brought that up. I'm a few not times. even a germaphobe, but they are disgusting. I have to say, we went into the park last week and. And after we went through, the lady said, good job. Like, thanks. <laughs> we're pros. We're Orlando experts. Put my ticket in, put my finger on, went on through. I'm going to walk job. and talk at the same time, too. No instruction needed. Yeah, so what happened, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, the biometric readers just have created more of a backlog of the turnstiles than, than needs to be there. There's far better ways to do what Disney... See, and this is why, uh, this is why I, 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 the technology for me is suspect. There are better, more efficient more cost-effective ways for Disney to check your identity if that's really the issue. If, it's, if they were wanting to make sure that's you on that ticket, there are better ways for them to do it than a biometric fingerprint scan. And then there's even another issue beyond that. Who cares? I've paid for a seven-day pass. Who cares if I can only use five days and I give two to my cousin? 
I've given you that money. Right. I've that's paid not how they this. look at it. I they know, want, they want the money from you, and they want the money from you, and they want right. the money from you. Uh, and I now just, they not only want the money during the day, they want you to come back at night and buy another right. ticket. They want you two times during the day. So, you know, this is... Oh, I really did not intend to go off on that particular rant. But. Don't buy tickets on Craigslist. Universal. Don't buy tickets on Craigslist. <laughs> Universal has that scanner for the finger also now. Yeah, they do. Yeah. But you know what? Universal yeah, Universal, but you, Universal work. wasn't working with the Department of Defense to do it. So. SeaWorld is taking a blood test, by the way. <laughs> Saliva. <laughs> Cheek swab. <laughs> oh. That was John. Well, good. I'm glad. I'm glad we spent some time talking about that because it's a really slow, slow news week. I have that, and I have I have this one. We can all breathe easy. Disneyland is safe from poor people. Um, <laughs> along the subject of controversy, I'm pretty sure that all Disney parks are safe from poor people. <laughs> <laughs> well, along the subject of controversy in Anaheim, a key parcel of land owned by the Frank Family Partnership has been sold to Renaissance Development. Initially, the 26 acres in question were sold to SunCal, which planned to build a condominium and affordable apartments in the tourist district. This led to a battle with Disney and other area businesses, which were opposed to housing in the commercial zone. The $46 million SunCal deal fell apart three months ago and is now part of a $60 million lawsuit filed against the family, alleging that they conspired with an unnamed third party to cancel the sale. Guess who that is? Uh, Renaissance, the new owners, announced plans to build three upscale hotels, stores, restaurants, and pubs on the site, because we certainly need more of all those things. The project has been dubbed Gateway due to its location at the entrance of the resort district. Future plans in the Gateway sector include the opening of Garden Walk, which is scheduled for later this year, and the construction of a third amusement park by Disney. How convenient is that? And while Disney has declined to make any comment on the sale, the Save Our Anaheim Resort uh, coalition, which provided funding uh, for the battle to prevent the housing from going in that location, has expressed pleasure that the land will be used for tourist-related development. They expressed pleasure. <laughs> How did they express that? I <laughs> hope it was an appropriate expression of pleasure. Pleasure. But yeah, I, so so I think this this is finally the last nail in the coffin of that project. Hopefully, the last time we have to talk about it. Oh, Thank it. God. No, but no, this isn't going away this season. <laughs> well, no, it's it's uh, they, they they're not going to. Oh, I know. They're not going to build anything there, Bob. Right. It's gone away. I mean, it's they're building hotels and they're building restaurants. Oh, that's true. So. I'll bet you uh, some digging of this new company will find that it's somehow linked back to Disney. They're well, going to let poor people work there still, though. <laughs> exactly. Oh, yeah. They can come in and clean. They can come in and clean. They just can't live there. That's how they'll remain poor. <laughs> for Disney. So I just, yeah, the whole story has been just been ridiculous for the last however long. It looks like, it sounds like about 10 years at this point. But I just thought it was, you know, that, that finally looks to me like, like I said, the last nail in the coffin of that. I don't think we're going to hear any more... Uh, Battles back and forth about whether or not we're going to build in the. Uh, oh yeah, we'll still listen here about the sixty million dollar lawsuit though. Yeah, that's still going to be there somewhere. Well, eventually someone will run out of money, and that'll just go away too. Exactly, exactly. So, all right, that will do it for the news this week. We're going to move on to our rapid fire segment, and John will go first. I have two real quick ones. First of all, we were in Epcot. Um, the other day, and I noticed something I thought was really good. They on the guest services building now. They have a big list of all the upcoming events for 2008, and I just think it's really great that Disney's now doing this 
far in advance. We no longer have to wait until like a weeks before. So it's all up on the site. We have all this information, but Flower and Garden has been announced. Food and Wine has been announced and Pirates and Princess Party and a pin event next September. I just think it's really good that we're doing this far enough in advance now that people hey, can you, actually plan their trips. You're turning into Bob. With all my paper? With, the, with this pile of papers in front of him. Oh, when, when did this start? Because one week we're going to do trip planning and the next week we're not going to do it and I just I want to be prepared. I only okay. have two papers this week. Uh, and then my second rapid fire. I can see oh, so it's my, it, oh, it's my fault. Tabs. It's my fault that he's killing. He's killing half a forest every week. <laughs> We've Between actually started our own logging operation. <laughs> <laughs> the next terrible. rapid fire I have is uh, Disney Kennels. A new pricing is out, and Regina did a really great job of putting all the pricing and all the information about the kennels up on the site. But one thing I thought was cute was, in addition to the regular daily pricing and all the stuff you can do you can schedule an ice cream break with your puppy for four dollars do it i don't know what that means we'll take but five. that sounds really cute doesn't it <laughs> yeah, well it you know they have doggy ice cream they sell in public yeah i'm yeah. thinking it's probably something like that oh, speaking of which here's the black hole of need now that would be max, <laughs> max. <laughs> <laughs> you looked at me <laughs> <laughs> So I just thought that was cute. You can do an ice cream that break. You is. can also schedule a cuddle break and all that stuff. So I know any time that we've boarded our dogs, we always pay for the extra stuff. Do you? Well, extra hello. Love time. They're spoiled like out of their mm-hmm. minds at yeah. home. <laughs> Speaking to the choir. You're real. That's it. My rapid fires were rapid. Keeping it rapid. Okay, mine's rapid, too. Starting January 28th, if you want to book your honeymoon at a Disney resort or Disney cruise line, you can set up the honeymoon registry. If you, and you set up a honeymoon registry, you're going to receive a free tote bag. The code for this offer is, are you ready? H-M-R-G-I-F-T-2008-E. I'm going because to do tote, tote would have been too, too easy. Yeah. <laughs> Let's break it down. Honeymoon registry, if I freaking care. Dot <laughs> <laughs> com. Honeymoon registry gift 2008E. It's H-M-R-G-I-F-T-2008E. And it's only good while the supplies last. They only have two, by the way. Supplies yeah. of what? I have to say, ladies. The tote they're giving away. I'm sure it's a cheap tote. Yeah. I'm sure that it is not worth your time. However... Just to reiterate, they do have a honeymoon registry, and I think that's a great idea. I think it's so awesome. your your friends and family can contribute to your Disney honeymoon. So if you that's do it cool. in the near future, you're going to get a cheap dope. And the cool thing about that is you don't have to book a fairy tale wedding, or you mm-hmm. don't have to book something on the cruise. They can do it without having to have those those things booked. So and just think, if you can get a thousand of your friends to each give you five hundred dollars for your Disney wedding, you'll have a very nice average reception. <laughs> <laughs> Cake for four people. <laughs> or if you only have a couple friends, you can get Pirates t-shirts or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you, Kevin. Mr. Martin. I have a list of some of the pool closings at the Disney World Resorts. There are 11 of them. So it's going to be easier to <laughs> tell so you which ones are open. <laughs> what is going on with that? It's January. Disney does not want to be cu- accused of leaking into the aquifer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Check all leaks. I'm going to go through them, so bear with me. Um, All-Star Music Resort, the piano pool, is going to be closed from January 28th through February 1st. Is that where they sing 1st. show tunes? What's that? Is that where they sing show tunes? They must. Okay. The um, All-Star piano. Sports, the Grand Slam pool, is going to be closed from April 21st through May 6th. The good thing about both of these is that they're not the feature pools at the resorts. Yeah, those they're, are like prime They're the times. quiet pools. The Beach Club Resort, uh, 
the Disney Beach Club Villas Dunes Cove Pool is going to be closed March 31st through April 18th. The Boardwalk Resort. The so these are short rehabs. Yeah, it's like yeah. two weeks, two, but three But, you know, weeks. If, if that's the week that you're going to be there, it's not so short. To clean up, clean up the AFRs. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell people what that is again, okay? Yeah, we haven't had a poop reference on the show in a while. Really? What happened to yeah, that? Bob didn't bring it up. I'm keeping it poopy. <laughs> the, um, at the Boardwalk Resort, the Luna Pool is going to be closed uh, through February 15th, and the Villas, the Boardwalk Villas Community Pool is going to be closed from... April 21st through May 9th. The good thing about these, though, that the boardwalk guests can go to the Storm Along Bay Pool at the oh, Yacht and Beach Club. They're better off. You can give me access to those pools any time. Yeah, close the pool forever. <laughs> <laughs> is that the one with the scary clown? Yeah, no. yeah. the Luna Pool. The Luna yeah, the pool Luna is, Pool at the yeah. boardwalk. That's, that's the, uh, that's Stephen, King's, yeah. Stephen King's It Pool. That's the one that freaks the Pennywise. It's yeah. the Pennywise the Clown that Pool. That pukes up little children. <laughs> it's actually called the Keister Coaster. That's the one Regina hates. It's yeah, that one just freaks me out. I, I, yeah. I, the first time I saw that, the first time we stayed at uh, Boardwalk Villas, I called that the Penny, yeah, Pennywise the Clown. I pool. love that, though. They, they make a big thing out of it. You can pay $600 a night to stay at the Boardwalk and walk a half a mile to the pool. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Caribbean Beach Resort, the old Port Royale pool, is going to be closed all the way through September 15th. During this rehab, the Barbados and Jamaica Village pools will have slides added. And also the resort's recreation programs for children will, you know, enhance the uh, the activities during that, this time. That's going to be a hose. walk. What's that? They'll spray them with a hose. <laughs> that's going to be a that's going to be a walker. <laughs> Here's a slip and slide. Have fun. <laughs> but that that's that's a walk. Today we're going to turn the sprinklers on. <laughs> <laughs> we can water you and the flowers. No, you're right, Bob. That is a walk. Caribbean Beach is pretty big. Um, yeah, and that's recycled water they're shooting at you, too. <laughs> Reclaimed. <laughs> Don't Reclaimed. drink it. Disney's green. Poop water. Yeah, I told you, bear with me. This list is pretty long. Coronado Springs Resort. The dig site is going to be closing sometime early this year. They haven't announced the dates for it yet. Um, the Grand Floridian, the courtyard pool, is going to be closed through February 14th. The beach pool will be open for people to use, and they can also go use the volcano pool at the Polynesian. Just go ahead and walk right over. Yeah, get on the monorail in your wet bathing suit. <laughs> and it doesn't go that way. Right? Yeah. You have to go all the way around. Yeah, yeah that's, that's convenient. At Old Key West, the Turtle, pool, the turtle Pond Pool is going to be closed um, through February 10th. The Polynesian Resort, the Volcano Pool, get this, is going to be closed from Febru- February 11th through March 15th. But they can use the Caribbean Beach Pool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can go to the Holiday Inn in Sanford. Yeah. <laughs> and the uh, Port Orleans final one, uh, Port Orleans French Quarter, the Doubloon Pool is going to be closed from January 28th through March 15th. But guests can use the Riverside's Old Man Island Pool. Oh, and they'll yeah. have a shuttle service provided. So. Sh- oh, Oh, that's, nice. that's, that's because one. it's that's it's far away. Yeah. Please turn on the air the conditioning. The old man pool. That doesn't sound good. <laughs> the old man pool. <laughs> sounds a little gross. <laughs> so that's it. We had the whole list on the um, the website. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> that was my rapid fire. You didn't think we were going to have that much fun with that one, did you? <laughs> yeah, really. How fun can rehabs be? Pool closings. It depends on how many you've been to. Um, (laughs) He just got that Mrs. Martin My rapid fire Which is also very rapid 2008 Disneyland Martial Arts Festival It's 
going to take place February 16th at the Disneyland Hotel. It's the third annual Disneyland Martial Arts Festival. It combines the positive atmosphere of competition with the magic of the Disneyland Resort for competitors, spectators, families, and volunteers. Let me guess you wrote that yourself. What does that mean? Sweet. More information on the site. Positive atmosphere of competition? That's like expressing pleasure. so that... Basically, it's saying everyone wins. Everyone wins. Yeah. Everyone gets a trophy. <laughs> you know how Disney does it. You're getting a medal. It's not like going to a real martial arts oh. competition where there's going to be one winner. I was wondering <laughs> how we were going to bring this up again, but now that you brought up the medal thing, all the marathons give a medal to that you competed. That's all it's doing. Do they all look like rapper bling? What? <laughs> <laughs> Do all the medals at the competitions look like rapper bling? <laughs> look like they're yeah. Because that's what they were showing. What well, they were showing yes. at the marathon. They look like the hubcaps from a Hummer. It looks like rapper bling. Well, everybody in the marathon gets that as it's not a competition. You get first place medal, second place, third place. Everybody gets. A, so that's a, you, I think they you should get a gold, the, a gold I, tooth, a silver I, tooth, or a bronze tooth. I couldn't believe I could get this in. I think they should make them week. wear them while they're running. <laughs> now yeah. that would be I'm, a sur- I'm surprised they can wear them after they finished running. It's like, but I got it in. Thanks, Julie. You're welcome. Yeah, <laughs> yeah really. Thanks, Julie. <laughs> really. I didn't uh, even know what I did. Well, you gave me a chance to talk about because the medals again. Because you never get a chance to talk, Bob. That's I know. Right. I know. I know. Well, so here's your chance. Thank you very much, Julie. <laughs> Bob, what is your rapid fire? My rapid fire is. Uh, over at SeaWorld, they're having a Bud and Barbecue Feast uh, Fest. I've had those feast. before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All the time, nearly every weekend at Grandma's house. <laughs> well, they're having another. Is it a feast or a fest? It's a fest. Okay. It's a fest. Fest. Uh, February 16th, 23rd, March 1st, and March 8th. Those are on Saturdays. They're going to have country music, classic rock, uh, with uh, a barbecue and cold beer. Uh, you had me for those dates. Yeah, you had me. <laughs> uh, Corey got all perked up and whatnot. All, all you care to eat barbecue buffet from noon to three, and then they're going to have sampling booths uh, available around the park through the day. Well, now Julie's all excited. No, I was reading ahead. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. They, they, they I was an- wondering why he's talking about free beer, and Julie's got this look on her face like she just won the lottery on this. They must be going to give away jewelry, too. 16th, the, uh, the bands that are going to be there is Trisha Yearwood on the wow. 23rd. Credence Clearwater. You know who that is? Trisha Yearwood? She's yeah, big. of course. Yeah. She's huge. And no she's idea. married to Garth Brooks. She's Garth okay. Brooks. Okay. Yeah. On the 23rd. Don't tell that's, She's with? A-list. No, she's A-list. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not okay. playing with you at all. Okay. She's an A-list celebrity. Okay. On the 23rd, they have Credence Clearwater Revisited. I don't know what so that is. So who's oh, actually going to be Exactly. It's, yeah. it's uh, the, first the knockoff of, bands. First of March, Craig Mort, Morgan and Pat Green. And okay. okay. There's a question. Now, <laughs> no, <laughs> no we go, Wait, we go from Trisha Yearwood to that? Okay. <laughs> it's, just, it's a steady slide so far. Let's see what's next. On the 8th, it's... William Hung. Joe, <laughs> Joe, Joe <laughs> Nichols and Jason Michael Carroll. Okay, pretty close to. So basically, Trisha Yearwood. Yeah, <laughs> Trisha Yearwood's so going to be. Exceeded. So we should go on the 16th. And three guys imitating Creedence Clearwater Revival. <laughs> <laughs> so that's going to happen in February and March. How did, uh, did, Trisha Yearwood must have new management. I don't know. I'm, I'm or oh, she lost a bet. <laughs> <laughs> you got to re- perform with three guys we've never Maybe heard. Maybe she of. was arrested. We don't know. This is her community service. <laughs> <laughs> 
really? <laughs> Maybe. Uh, I mean, also, that's, I mean, honestly, for anything, for any venue, I don't care yeah. where you are, Trisha Yearwood okay. is a big guest. Yeah, she's a big country star. Okay, well, and she's I'd performing. Go on the 16th. Just forget, forget all the rest of those names. When is Trisha Yearwood going to be there? Sixteenth of February. February sixteenth, Sea World. Cold beer. Cold beer. Barbecue. Free food. And uh, Trisha Yearwood. Well, some free food, but well, I think the all you can eat barbecue is going to cost well, you money. Well, well, all you can eat. Plenty of beer, Trisha yeah. Yearwood. And fish. Go there. Then they're having uh, terrific Tuesday seminars for AARP people. Mm-hmm. And on select Tuesdays, they're uh, doing an educational symposium to learn new information about Bush Gardens and SeaWorld experts. What? I did job, good. I did. I got symposium. I practiced symposium a few times. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Reading is fundamental. I know. The symposiums are included with the park admission or passport membership. At SeaWorld on February 12th, they're doing a SeaWorld Culinary Delights at Seafire Inn. And on April 15th, they're doing Aquatica at Seafire Inn. So they're probably talking about it and stuff. And it's only for people who are AARP I'm members? I'm declaring ageism. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think it's great. It's well, usually for kids. Well, no, here's, he, well I think... I think this is the beginning of a trend you're probably going to see throughout the industry now as the baby boomers are over, you know, coming, you know, getting over 50 and you have that, uh, that generation starting to move into the twilight years, I guess, like Bob. Um, I'm not twilight yet. <laughs> but you're, but you're uh, AARP, right? The sunset and Yeah, I am AARP. I'm so, also going to color my hair. Saying that for months, I am. Have you decided the, on a color? Why the the flat mousy brown he is so attractive? Yeah. Red. There you go. <laughs> Flaming red. Flaming red. Just make sure the curtains match the drapes. <laughs> <laughs> you made curtains match the carpet. Well, yeah. you, made, you made Peter spit back into his cup. I said it wrong, but you know what I meant. <laughs> curtains match the carpet, not the drapes. I, you know what I mean. <laughs> We all knew what you meant. They were both funny. Either way. Oh, yeah. he waited till I had a mouthful of water. Oh, man. Oh. Just to let you know. Sorry, see- I just pictured yeah. like Diana with that little mustache going. Like, oh, thank you for that visual. Thank you so much, James Bond. I managed to get through this without that visual, and then you got to throw it in. You got to just toss that one out on the table. Understand. I don't think it matters. I think he's got hardwood floors. <laughs> <laughs> Seating is oh, what? Is, what if this is going to be able to stay? I oh, said everything. nothing wrong. Everything. We I didn't offend no anybody. Bad words. We're talking about over everybody's head. Uh, no, I don't think that's true. Seating is limited and on a first come, first serve basis. <laughs> <laughs> I like how he just picks up where he left off. Especially the one we were talking about. Oh, my God. I got to get through this. So we, got a few hundred, we got a few hundred 12-year-olds going to the, Mommy, what is curtains matching the drapes? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It's interior design, honey. It's interior design. <laughs> I mean, his hair had to match his eyebrows. <laughs> that's Peter. <laughs> I'm afraid that's <laughs> Symposiums are subject to change. 
or cancel without notice. <laughs> oh my god. And AARP members are eligible for discounts through December of 2008. Can we just call it ARP? <laughs> on Tuesdays, I guess. Oh, no. $8 off single park admission on Tuesdays, $3 off single park every day, $5 off multi day park admission every day. Uh, there are people out there going, see what's carpeted? <laughs> <laughs> And that's my rapid fire. <laughs> I just got myself calmed down. <laughs> when did they put carpet in SeaWorld? <laughs> to absorb the salt that was water. That, that was that new remodel thing. That's how they're stopping those leaks. All right, even though it's going to sound uh, much more seamless, uh, when I'm done editing this, we had to take a break. I had to get my composure. Um, I haven't laughed that hard and. uh I haven't laughed that hard in a week. long time. No, no, not that hard. Oh. I had tears coming down my eyes. Oh, that's true. Um, so that will do it, uh, actually, for, <laughs> for Rapid Fire this week. All right, I want to uh, spend a little time talking about a new attraction that has opened at Universal Orlando. It's replacing the once-venerable Earthquake as a, a new version of that ride. I can't even really call this a new attraction, uh, but it's uh, called Disaster Starring You. And with a name like that, how could how could it be bad? Uh, the uh, the big thing here is the use of uh, of a new technology is, is what is has been introduced here that makes this noteworthy at all. The first five minutes of this fifteen minute attraction are really absolutely outstanding. It's the best technology in use in any theme park that I've been to uh, in terms of. Uh, just how mind-blowingly good it was. Basically, what's happened here, if, if, you had, if you had done the earthquake attraction before and you're familiar with it, bear with me because it's almost identical in many, many ways. If you haven't done it before, what they used to do was they brought you – the, the attraction was broken up into three parts. The first part, you would go in and you'd see a movie with Charlton Heston, who was the star of the original earthquake film in 1975. And he would talk about special effects, and then the screen would, would would raise up, and there would be the model they used in the movie Earthquake to destroy Los Angeles, I guess it was. So that was like, ooh, uh, you go into the next room, and then they film some sequences, quote-unquote, for a, uh, a disaster movie. And they use green screen, and they use all sorts of other things. And then in the third segment, you move on, and you take a... Uh, a subway. It's supposed to be the BART, the Bay Area Rapid Transit, which is used in San Francisco. It's supposed to be, uh, you get onto a subway that brings you into uh, a subway station where the earthquake happens and the street collapses and things explode, blah, 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 blah. And you've helped make a movie. Well, that is the exact same premise of what disaster is. They have changed very little. The only thing that's changed is that first room you walk into. Mm. Now, instead of being a movie... What you have is a stage. Stage that is, my first observation was that's lit very interestingly. It was odd lighting, but it was a dark room, and the stage resembled like a, a disheveled workshop, a chaotic workshop, papers and everything all over the place. And you have a live, a live actor, the director's assistant, the director being played by uh, Christopher Walken. You have him walking around the stage, and then Christopher Walken comes out. And now, 
you may be used to seeing some kind of you know cool photographic tricks or te- technological tricks to make it appear, uh, make some holograms appear real. No one has ever done this. This is a high definition, three dimensional holographic image of Christopher Walken that, from what I could tell, was not being projected onto any screens because this three dimensional projection was walking around, sharing at points the same space with the live actor, interacting with the actor and with the set. It was, it was very clear. It, I mean, was, it was just unreal. It was clear. It was how are they and it was like how are they doing this? How are they doing this? It was just spectacular. So uh, this is the this is uh, called Musion. Musion, uh, yeah. Musion Technology, M U S I O N. Um we'll have a link to the company that actually creates the technology uh, on the show notes page. But uh, this Musion Technology is brand new. This is the first time it's being used in any theme park anywhere and this is also the largest use of it ever in any yeah. one location anywhere. And what you have here, in my opinion, in 20 years, this technology will be as ubiquitous in theme parks as audio animatronics are today. It is just too good. Yeah. It looks too good. It has too much pop. It is, it's, 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 the next, it's the next big thing. It's bringing the actor inside the theme park. You're going to bring it right gonna, in front of you. Yeah. yeah. You're going to find that I, I believe they're going to use it a lot in the Harry Potter area. Uh, coming up, You'll I wouldn't be surprised if that's why this technology is being is being used right now. It's simil- so, oh, it's similar to the uh, Finding Nemo when you're they're in the aquarium. That's the same type of technology as that. Yeah, this just done on a much much, much more bigger, impressive, much bigger scale, but much bigger and much more impressive. Right. Uh, it's really even hard. I, although they they have similarities there, I I, I don't know that I would. Com- Compare the two things on the same oh, level, yeah. But so when you're finished, so you get this. You you walk into this thing. You get this. Wow! Oh my god! This is great. Then you go into the next room, and it's the exact same set they used in Earthquake. The only thing they did, the only thing they did different, was throw the disaster logo on a few props. But it's the same set and the same premise. Now the filming sequences that they do with audience volunteers, they set they take. Uh, I think it was ten volunteers were picked at the very beginning. Uh, when you're in the pre-show area, they pick ten volunteers, and this is where the and the volunteers are then put into these different sets and are they record uh, these different these different clips using green screen, a few other things, and it was the exact same thing as Earthquake. And I'm like, okay, well that's kind of a letdown, you know. We expected them to do something a little different, you know, spice it up somewhere. I'm like, all right, well, they, they, I'm sure they've done something on the subway, the tram portion of the ride. Only difference was the flat panel screens that are they've now added to the trams. So that when you first get in the you know the director starts telling you you know what to do when you get into the subway station and look scared and wave your arms and all that other stuff. And this special effects used in this portion of the show were the same things that were there in 1990. So in the course of one attraction, I have the most cutting-edge technology imaginable. And on the other end of the spectrum, something that's 17 years old that was dated after it was built, that they throw this amazing technology in and then ignore the rest of the ride. The rest of the ride was nothing more than a fresh coat of paint, a theme park version of a fresh coat of paint. But I, I will say this much. 
the Musion technology alone is worth the wait. Just yes. that first five minutes, just go for that first part because I'm telling you, you've never seen anything like it. It's jaw-dropping is how good it is. But, not- but for kids, part two and three, they, they're going to love that. I mean, I, we, we've been on Earthquake before, so we, we're kind of expecting something new and different. But I think kids going into this whole thing from A to Z, well, I think they'll enjoy it. This brings me to the next, the next part of what I, I wanted to say was that given all of this, I need everyone to remember that we are coming into this from the perspective of being Orlando experts, people who have been following this for a long time. We know the ins and outs. We know that Universal phoned half of that ride in. But the rest of the people who were on the attraction with us did not. There, were a lot, there was a lot of laughing. There was a lot of clapping. There was a lot of – they were very engaged. Now, maybe we just had a good group. No, I um, had that happen. Yeah, but it was – At the end, when they show you the video, they, they put everything together, the 90-second video when you're going in reverse after everything. In spite of, in spite of the fact, I think they could have done at least something – more significant in the rest of the attraction. It is definitely a crowd pleaser. Uh, the only the, the only real other complaint that I have is the script. First of all, the jokes that they wrote for the script, most of them fall flat. But it kind of bothered me that the recurring theme was celebrity rehab. Yeah, that was um, getting old real we fast. We had celebrity rehab and Lindsay Lohan jokes all over the place. Now, the first time you tell a, a, drug, a drug addiction joke, it's funny. The second time, it's a little cute. The third time... It's just annoying, and you're phoning it in. That's really not appropriate for children, I don't well, think. Well, it's but you know it's so common now with Britney Spears and Lindsay Lohan, and the kids are seeing this. So it's, it's also they're, something they're, that's going to date very quickly. But it's it, what, what bothers me more is that it's obvious. This to me was just endemic of the problems with this, the last two thirds of this attraction. They just didn't pay any attention to this stuff. They didn't pay any attention to the script. You know, if you have to go for a cheap laugh like that, and you've got to do it three times, you didn't pay any attention to what you were writing. If every if every laugh line you have is a celebrity rehab joke or a Lindsay Lohan joke, you just you're just phoning it in. And I so I thought that was I thought that was ridiculous. I thought that was unnecessary. Plus the script itself was just annoying. Let's listen to this guy recite it and do his little piece. They need a lot of work on that. Mm-hmm. But overall, I mean I I was disappointed because I expected to see them do more with the old earthquake portions than they did. But the Musion technology really did. Uh, yeah, I agree. The Musion Musion technology was great. Okay, well, again, well, I, I think you, you're right. I mean, this is all things that that Universal does is that they date their attractions. I have questions for you. Is the first room? Are you still standing up? Yes. So you still go into that sort of uneven room where mm, the yes. slopes up. Um, do they still have the windows that are all dusty and stuff that where it rains? No, because no, that was part of Earthquake. This is how we make it rain attraction. Yeah, that's all gone. And is the second room where they're filming the stuff, the last the last time we saw it was a couple uh, months ago. They did the U-boat scene where they filmed the, ki- the kid in the U-boat getting wet, and they spliced that into a film. Mm. And then the next one was the kid fell down. Well, no, of- they changed. Like I said, they changed the stunt sequences that they filmed. Okay. That, that they changed. But uh, the, the, set, and that, the yeah. set and everything else is exactly the same as it was. Mm. Like the scene where they were falling down the broken the, uh, the the bombed out staircase. Right. Well, that bombed out staircase is just there, and now just people stand under it. Oh. You know, it's so it was like we put all our effort and energy into the the Musion technology. That's where all the creativity went, and there was nothing left for the rest of the ride. Hmm. And that was my disappointment. But like I said, I really do believe that from a crowd pleasing standpoint. 
this will be a good attraction. Yes. That people will like it. If you have been on Earthquake before, you may find this a little bit disappointing. If you haven't been on it before, you, you'll enjoy it. Even if, even if that, last, uh, that last sequence in the tram, even if those special effects are really, really dated. I think that the good thing that they did with this disaster moniker now is that they can now tie it into new stuff. Um, I don't know who's putting this movie out, but this Cloverfield that would be a good tie-in to me, I think, to the subway crashing scene. because that's Is that a universal film? I don't know. I'm not well, sure they call, I think it's Horror Studios is what it is uh, for, the, for the disaster thing. I actually, I went, like I said, I went to the, uh, the grand opening of it, and they, they had this, this brick wall that they actually blew up. And I actually have a brick from the brick wall that they blew up. How very Pink Floyd of you. Well... <laughs> But it, it it just blew up. Bob is literally sitting here with a styrofoam brick. A styrofoam brick. He's just another brick and in the wall. And he's very, very happy with himself. I was going to sign at The Rock, but I, I figured you guys would make fun of me. <laughs> We're going to do that anyway. More than more than that. Now, Bob, we didn't get a chance to see the, um, like, through the queue. There's a lot of big props out there, like yeah. a, like an airplane. We went through the express Well, pass. they have, like, a, a submarine uh, shock that's out there. They have a, a, a crash scene where there's... Uh, different uh, airplane sections. I saw your photos. They were really that good. that are there, and then they added an, another one that I actually couldn't get near on the uh, grand opening day. But it's like it looks like a tank, and that's they, a, that's open yeah. now. You can see that. But yeah. well, they built this huge brick wall, and that's coming down, and it's just going to be an entrance that you'll see that that tank right there. So they did add a little bit there too. So. But I have so, my brick. Yeah, overall, like I said, it's uh, it's worth it to go in to see this new technology that they're using to create these holograms. Um, my, I would I would measure my expectations for the rest of it, but it's absolutely worth going to if uh, just to see, like I said, just to see that first part. So um, this is uh, this is open now. This is uh, now it's been it, they just did that grand opening, so it's open permanently. It's not yep. a soft opening anymore. So the next time you're over at Universal, absolutely give it a. Check it out. See what you think. So, all right, we're going to move on. And Kevin Close has a comparative review for two counter service restaurants in the Magic Kingdom: Pinocchio's uh, Village House and <laughs> Cosmic Rays. I was calling it Starlight <laughs> Rays earlier. <laughs> we get asked a lot. Uh, people are talking about the fact that we do a lot of sit-down restaurants, uh, signature restaurants things like that, or I guess they call them table service restaurants. And people were asking, this is actually by popular request, that we do something with counter service, that we talk about that. So what John and I decided, we were trying to figure out a way to make this interesting, walking around and eating at counter service restaurants and coming back and going burger good, just or burger bad, <laughs> just didn't sound like much fun. So we sort of set up a premise for ourselves. Could we find something tasty? And unique at a counter service restaurant, and then kind of keep it about $25 for two people. And we set off for the Magic Kingdom. Uh, we decided to start there. We've reviewed Columbia Harbor House, and you all know my feelings about that. It's pretty terrific as far as uh, counter services go. The other thing we were trying to do was people ask all the time, can I go to the parks without any advanced dining reservations or do I have to make a dining reservation 180 days in advance in order to enjoy myself? And these are this is for the people who want to go to the one of the parks and not be encumbered by a certain time constraint as to when they have to eat. The, you know, people want to eat when they're hungry kind of thing. 
So you can do it. We wanted to come back and tell you, yes, you can do it. The other thing we did that was a little unusual in this is John and I usually go into a place and we order our food and sit down and we eat and we taste each other's food and we talk about what was good and what was bad. And we decided we didn't think we could do more than one location if we both ordered a meal. So what we did was we uh, split a meal in each of the locations that we went to. So we're basing this just on one meal that we both had to share. The first place we went is Pinocchio's Village House. Pinocchio's Village House has a prime location. It's just behind uh, Cinderella Castle. It overlooks the carousel, and it sits right next to It's a Small World. As a matter of fact, inside there are windows overlooking the loading area of Small World. I have a little bit of a problem with the way this looks from the outside. It's not a very appealing place. There's nothing about it that draws you in. As a matter of fact, every time I walk by it, it looks like it's closed. And we had this conversation as we walked up to it. I said, John, I don't think this place is even open. The windows are dark. There's, there's no activity out front. And even after you open the doors and walk in, it's kind of dark and uninviting. And we were not even sure it was open until we got well into the building and saw that there were people standing behind the counter. Now, this is a big place, and it was basically empty the day we were in there. I think if Disney spent a little time and put some imagineering pixie dust into it, that this place could be a little bit more appealing, and I think it would do a thriving business. It just looks foreboding from the outside. It's got that sort of Tudor look about it. Mm -hmm. It's like forgettable. It's not only forgettable, it really does look... Like they don't want you in there. It looks yeah. like a facade. Like yeah. it's just part of the theming. That's the best. I didn't even think of the way of putting like it. Like the right. fake shops at MGM. Right. Right. <laughs> so we went in and <laughs> and walked up to the counter. And we were, we tried to do this without ordering burgers and fries. You can get burgers and fries in any of the theme parks. I, I, I'm, I don't want to walk from place to place and eat burger after burger. Yeah, they all taste the same. Pretty much. And I can say uh, the other thing, too, is they get all their burgers, all their fries, and their chicken fingers are... are the same supplier for yes. everybody. The so they're not going to be different. So we just decided to try and steer away from that. To try, and, We also actually were thinking maybe we could offer people a little bit of a healthy alternative to burgers and fries. We didn't do so good with that part, but I'll tell you that later. <laughs> <laughs> Our, the first thing we ordered was a turkey bacon panini. And it was uh, $7.29. And it's a large almost rectangular slice of multi-grain bread, two slices of multi-grain bread, uh, turkey, bacon, provolone cheese, roasted red tomato, uh, and basil. A little bit of mayonnaise on it, and they make it on a panini maker so that the multi-grain bread came out uh, nice and crispy. It came with chips, and we tried it. We thought it was really, really good. Now, we split it. We each had a half a sandwich. Uh, The chips they offered, you had a choice of chips, and John chose the baked potato chips. I mean, these just came in. They're a name brand. I think they were Lay's potato chips. Mm-hmm. We ordered a 32-ounce diet drink, which was $2.39, and we had something called Figaro fries. <sighs> now, I read on the board all the time about how people are absolutely crazed. Where can I get a Dole Whip? I myself think Dole Whips are sickeningly sweet. It's pineapple juice and pineapple ice cream, and I just think they're so kind good. of... Re- they're refreshing, it's though. So hot, I, I, I think they're an insulin shock is what they are. <laughs> I can't believe that Figaro fries don't have that sort of iconic status. They take French fries. Now, you have to ask for fresh, hot French fries, by the way, to make this really good. Sitting here looking at the menu on the site. They take uh, shredded lettuce, chopped tomatoes, 
bacon, shredded cheese, and they drizzle it with Thousand Island, not Thousand Island, um, ranch dressing. Sounds like something you get at a sports bar. I have to tell you, they're really good. It sounds good. But that would would go good with a Dole Whip. (laughs) I I myself don't think that anything goes good with a Dole Whip. Maybe some, you know, diabetes medicine. Um, These are $3.19, and I can't believe that people don't talk about these. These are. That looks real. As I, like I said, I'm sitting here looking at the menu on the site, and it's. It looks really good. These are they that are good. good. They really are that good. And I felt kind of redeemed by the fact that there was salad on top of my French fries. <laughs> <laughs> and the panini you liked? The panini was great. We actually thought it was pretty good. Uh, our, um, I wrote this up in the article, I, I, the, my written part of this. It was about $13 for everything we ordered. Now, for John and I, we would each have to order one. But if you're a light eater or you're just looking for a snack, uh, this is a, a nice – I think it's healthier than a burger. And I'm sure you could have it made without the cheese or without the bacon. Or you could uh, you know, customize this any way you want. But we thought it was terrific. Now, we also thought that this place, once you're inside and your eyes adjust to the gloom, <laughs> it's actually – it's really old school Disney. There are hand-painted murals on the wall. Really? There are wooden, uh, carved wooden cutout dividers between sections of the restaurant. I-, I think they need to just put a little more attention in this place. It needed a little more lighting. It needed to be made a little more appealing. This is a nice place. And we chose a table overlooking and watched them um, load the boats for okay. It's a Small yeah. World. Mm-hmm. And again, this is not you know looking out over the lake or anything, but if mm. you've got kids, at least it's it's something that's... Keeps them entertained. Right. It's better than a wall. Um, I also, we had a bet going on. We had a discussion. I would have bet money that all of the boats in It's a Small World were blue. And I said to John, as the first yellow one came through, wow, they've got a yellow boat. I'm really surprised. And John said, well, the boats are different colors. I said, no, they're all blue. Well, they're, I'm wrong. I would have lost my bet. They're blue, red, and yellow. I didn't know that. Well, you're blue. colorblind. Well, com- sometimes. Sometimes. Okay. I could tell that they were blue, yellow, and red. We thought this was a value. We thought this was a decent value for your money. I mean, we are talking theme park food here, so this is not cheap eats. But it was decent money. And I thought for two people, it would be about $25. And I thought that was a pretty fair value if you're looking for a quick lunch. And you could get the regular burger there and fries and chicken fingers and all that stuff if that's what the kids want but the panini was a great surprise i thought did they have pizza there they do have pizza and i this was not a let's taste everything on the menu kind of thing this is not a full restaurant review we really set out with a certain um idea in our head what we were going to do and this isn't when we do a restaurant review we try and sample as much on the menu as possible and we really didn't approach this in that manner yeah Yeah, i think the pizza is the newest thing they added there yeah, yeah, that's why I mentioned it. And I apologize. I can't tell you anything about it. I didn't see anybody order it. Okay. But we tried to stick within the parameters of what we set out to do. And I thought this was a really good thing. I think it's, first of all, it's sort of dead center in the back of the park. So if you're going, and if, you, if you go into the Magic Kingdom and you turn left or right to work your way around the hub, you're about halfway. So it's a great place. The other thing is it's really big and you should be, it should not be hard to find a seat. So if you're looking to get out of the heat which isn't a problem right this minute. Right. <laughs> but if you're here during the summer, it's a great place to go in and get out of the heat. Our other stop in the Magic Kingdom was Cosmic Rays. Cosmic Rays sits just off the hub next to Cinderella Castle. It's actually sort of smack dab between Fantasyland and Tomorrowland. And it's got this sort of Jetsons theme to it. It's a big 
steel and glass place. And we found that this there's three different sides to the main ordering counter. They call them bays, going with that Tomorrowland theme. And there's a burger's side, there's a chicken side, and then there's a soup, salad, and sandwich side. Now, the only drawback I see to that is each side of this restaurant has their own queues to line up to pay, which is great if you've got a lot of people who want different kind of things, if one kid wants a burger and one kid wants chicken. The problem is, if you're a single or adult or one person is sitting and watching the kids while the other person's up ordering food, you have to go to all three sides to order the specific things, which could really get tiresome if one kid wants a burger and one kid wants chicken. So while there's a great deal of selection, they've set it up so that it's a little harder to maneuver. It's like a food court type thing. It is. It's always packed. It is always packed. This is a big cavernous place, and they have a section, a separate section where they have an audio animatronic figure, and I can't remember his name, but he every couple. Ray? No, he like a big. Oh, Sunny. Uh, Sunny. It's Sunny something. Oh. I thought his name was Ray. How can we not know that? Sunny really? Star- is it Sunny Starlight? I don't know. Hold on. I don't know what his name is. While you're looking for that, I'm going to keep going. We again walked in, and under the premise, we split one meal, and we tried to find something that was a little off the beaten path of burgers, fries, and chicken fingers. And we found a barbecued pulled pork sandwich. It was also $7.29. And you had your choice of chips or pasta salad. Now, this wasn't bag chips. This wasn't, you know, Frito-Lay. These were homemade potato chips. And had they been a little bit warmer or a little more care taken with them, they would have been delicious. Sunny Eclipse. Sunny Eclipse. I never would have come up with that. The animatronic lounge. Yeah, you want to hear every bad joke going about the universe, just go listen to Sunny. <laughs> I'm sure the kids would love it. Our sandwich was $7 and... 59 cents, and uh, we had the option of ordering a cup of chicken soup with it at an additional $1.79. We also ordered a soft drink at $2.39. The total for this meal came to about $12.25, or $12.50, excuse me. And this was uh, another successful attempt. We thought this was pretty good. This is not as easy to split as the panini. So if you're looking to split a meal... This might not be the thing. It was uh, pulled pork on a Kaiser roll. Messy. And it was a little harder to cut in half and to split between two people. It's a good-sized roll, though. Yeah. The nice thing is they have what they, they like a, a fixings bar for if you do want burgers and things like that. I love those. And they have some really unusual things on it. They have sautéed onions and sautéed mm-hmm. mushrooms. Yeah. Mm. They were really nice. Uh, the barbecue was terrific. It was sweet and tangy and exactly what you want barbecued pork to be. The... French fry, or the chips, excuse me, as I said, if a little more care was taken with them, they would have been good, too. I think if you had gotten them fresh, you would have had a better choice. And we got the chicken soup. And the chicken soup is kind of false advertising. It, it's Soup? Well, it's celery soup. Oh. <laughs> there was nothing, celery in a chicken broth. There was nothing in our soup except chopped celery, which I'm sure is the cheapest ingredient. And it tastes exactly like celery. Every sip tastes like celery. After a couple of bites of it, it just sort of sat ignored. Go to the Fixin's Bar, throw some mushrooms in there. Yeah, well, we just sort of left it there. We just let somebody else throw some. Corey, Corey, you're open. Corey's going to set up a Fixin's Bar in his kitchen. <laughs> Corey, you're opening up a can of worms here. Oh, it's it's adding to something you purchased. soup over at the Fixin's Bar. 
So this one, again, this for two people, this would be about $25. So we thought that if you're looking to go to one of the parks without any sort of ADRs or any sort of pre-planning about where you're going to eat, you could get a tasty meal. Now, it's not going to be one of the signature restaurant experiences, and you're going to have to eat with the masses, but... It could be done for about $25 for two people. There's a great place to sit over there, too. It's an outside overlooking the castle. It yeah. is a nice if, place. If, if you don't really care about hearing, you know, cosmic eclipses, whatever his name is, funny jokes, you can go sit outside and yeah. right in front of the castle. Yeah, if, you, if, you're nice looking day, at, it's if you're looking at the different bays for the food, the one to the right, if you go to the right of the, the soup and salad and uh, sandwich bar bay, over in that area, doesn't get quite as crowded as if you go sit with Sonny. Yeah, it's a little nook yeah, out there. Yeah, I kind of go hide there. So that was it. That was our restaurant review this time. We decided to give the people who were looking for a little less expensive version of eating in the park. It's a good idea. So that's where we stand on that. And so you would say that, uh, the, the, generally speaking, the quality of the food, the fast food you've had, let's say between Harbor House, uh, Pinocchio's, and, and uh, Cosmic Ray's, Better than average? Uh, yeah. If you stay away from the mass-produced... Burgers, burgers and chicken fingers. And fingers. Yeah, chicken fingers. I, I, that's pretty much a standard as you go right. around. And if that's what you want, that's what you want. But if you're looking for something other than that, it can be found. You just have to look a little harder and a little further. And I don't want to make it sound like I would park and walk into the Magic Kingdom to get this turkey panini. Mm-hmm. But... If I was in the park and looking for something and I didn't want to go to one of the three sit-down restaurants in the Magic Kingdom and didn't have a reservation on a crowded day, that would be my choice. Great. Well, thank you very much, Kevin. I appreciate uh, the review. Before we go on, I would like to do a re-review. Could I take a couple minutes with that? absolutely. We had reviewed Teppan Ito one time uh, not too long ago and found it not a very favorable review in that they had changed so much about what used to be in the Japan pavilion. Well, the other night we were invited to a five-year-old's, or I'm sorry, a six-year-old's birthday party. And again, as we were invited guests, we went where the party was and it was at Teppanito. And I find the same fault. We went when the restaurant first opened and we gave them the sort of caveat that it was opening week. Let's see how things iron out. This is the hibachi side. Correct. Yes. This is not Tokyo dining out front. This is where you sit at the grill table. I find the same problems that I found when I was first there. First of all, I understand that they have young women working in the restaurant who are actually from Japan. However, I don't know if it's a cultural thing. There were 10 of us at one hibachi table. They squeezed us all in because a couple of us were small children. They had one woman talking to the entire table of 10, barely whispering, in a very crowded, very loud restaurant. And I, I, I hope I'm not offending anyone. She was unintelligible. And it wasn't just me. As after she left, all of the adults at the table looked at each other and said, what did she say? And not one of us could reproduce a word she said. So she went through a three or four minute litany of what was going on that was absolutely pointless. And I think to myself, don't waste your time and don't waste my time. And don't leave me sitting there now wondering, who do I have to talk to to find out what you said? Yeah. I understand, again, that these are young women who come directly from Japan. But I'm of the opinion that they either need to speak up or have a better command 
of the English language. Yeah. This was a very whispered preamble to what was going on. The other thing I found kind of horrible is that they were completely inflexible. We had people in our party who were, there were a couple of them, they were skinny little things too, who were big eaters. And Teppan Ito has dumbed this menu down to the point where you have six or seven options. That's it. And they, you know, you don't get a huge amount of food here. So these people were big eaters and they wanted the steak and shrimp combination. And what they asked the hostess was could a chicken breast be added to their entree? They were willing to pay the additional fee to add a chicken breast so they got chicken, steak, and shrimp. Well, this was, you know, sort of like they asked if they could have nuclear arms. Everybody in the restaurant had to be included in this conversation until finally, after a good five-minute wait, which stopped everything, she came back and she said, no. <gasps> You're kidding. The, the funny thing about this is four other people at the table had chicken. You couldn't throw another chicken breast out there and cut it up? I've never it heard of a restaurant saying to a guest that wants to have We're, something additional yeah. and they're willing to pay for right. it. And this was not, we, we throw in a free chicken breast. Right. They said, they even went so far as to say, listen, if I ordered a kid's meal, a chicken breast, could you just charge me for the kid's meal right. and not give me the vegetables? No. So that was the problem wow. there. Yeah, which really is, ridiculous. Again, the other problem I have is... It sounds like they made it worse. Yes. It sounds like they absolutely made that side worse. If you order an appetizer, you've all been to a deli in a market, right? You know those little plastic deli containers? Yeah. One of our party ordered a shrimp cocktail. You know, the truly Japanese appetizer. It was for shrimp... In a little plastic deli container, uh, laying on top of some shredded lettuce with a little clump of dried out cocktail sauce, then that little plastic container is dropped in this little gold origami box and you're charged $8 for it. This is something that no one in the back is is preparing. They're grabbing this off a shelf. These are prepared someplace else. I think they've cheapened this experience to the point where, in my opinion, this is just not worth it. Mm. One more thing. My mom was with us on this occasion, and doesn't eat onions. Again, this is Disney prides themselves on the fact that they're willing to take care of anybody's needs. So when they mix your vegetables, Teppanito has now added udon noodles to the mix of vegetables that they make on the hibachi grill. I said to the cook, listen, could you keep some of those noodles out so that they're not mixed with the onions? Not a problem. So after it was all said and done, he went to scoop up the onions to to hand them to my mom. And I said to him, listen, she likes her... The noodles. The noodles. I apologize. She likes her noodles a little more well done. Could you put a little soy sauce on them? Make them a little browner for her? And now this cook was only cooking for our party. There was no one else that we were inconveniencing. He turns around and he says to me... Actually, he said to her, listen, I've been cooking for a long time. If I do that, they're going to burn. Now, he's talking to my mother, a 75-year-old mother who's been cooking for a long time, too. And she says to him, we'll just put a little butter under him. He says, no, I can't do that. And I thought, you can't have a chicken breast, and you can't cook noodles longer. No, I can't go there to eat. He says, he says, no, I can't do that. They're going to stick. And she says, well, put butter on them. And he says, ma'am, do you know how long I've been cooking? And she goes, do you know how long I've been cooking? 
<laughs> so now like, this, how ridiculous is that? This is what she wants. Just do it for her. And then she, he says to her, if I put them back on the grill, they're going to turn into hash browns. Which hash left browns? Every, uh, that's exactly what he said. <laughs> hash browns. Which left everybody at the table sort of speechless, and we all went, These noodles okay. These are going to turn into potatoes. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, really, that would be they're pretty impressive. Okay. Wow, it's a magic show. The, pe- pl- the people we ate with had eaten here uh, at Eaten in Japan a few years ago. And they kept saying, this is our favorite place. We looked forward to this. This is, the, this is what the little yeah, boy... Yeah, I used to really enjoy. This is what the little boy uh, asked for, for his birthday. And we kept saying to them, listen, I don't want to spoil your, your experience, but tell us what you think afterwards. They were completely and totally disappointed. They'll never go back. This has ruined this restaurant for them. So if you want the hibachi experience and you're at Disney World, you need to go over to Benihana's at the Hilton. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's even Kobe's Steakhouse in the Buena Vista area if you yeah. need to go. It's just, this has, they've made this place look beautiful, and they have dumbed this menu down to the point where, again, I asked about the fact that they're offering 80 different sushi items out at Tokyo Dining. If you want to sit at the hibachi table and your on your at your choices of sushi are a California roll, an earl roll, or two things where they grill steak on steak. That's the only four choices you can have for yeah, sushi. That's a shame because usually when we do hibachi, I like to order like a bunch of sh- bunch of sushi. Uh, yeah. I like to order a bunch of sh- sushi beforehand. Mm-hmm. Well, couldn't get that out at all. No, you about, the never the sushi coffee. place is a good fifteen feet away. And there's absolutely no way you can order that sushi sitting at the hibachi table. It seems like they put all of their attention into that side of the restaurant, the Tokyo dining side, and just left the whole hibachi area. It, it seems like with the hibachi thing, they've, they've discovered that this is what they want to do. They want to turn these over, these tables over as quick as they can. My other problem is, is that the grill was so hot, everything was sticking to it. Everything was burning and sticking, and he had to scrape the grill after cooking the steak and the chicken. So it's all about the speed. Let me get you in and get you out as fast as I can. My re-review point, the point of doing this is this was not an opening day jitters kind of problem. This is an endemic. This is an ongoing problem, and they're completely inflexible. Hmm. I have a feeling all they're caring about is they're not caring about a return guest at all. And that kind of inflexibility is going to make their... uh, their, their jobs there much, much harder with all the complaints and angry guests that they're going to have because it's going to stand out like a sore thumb against every other restaurant in Disney property if you walk in and you say, this is what I'd like you to do, no matter how bizarre it is, unless it's going to be put somebody in danger, they're going to do it for you. Right. We weren't asking for dinosaur. Yes. It was an extra chicken breast. Chicken breast, 350 Right. So. Plus tax. So there you go. Well, I'm, I'm pr- done. I appreciate you following up on that, though. I thought that was... Uh, I was hoping that it was going to it would have improved, but uh, of course the uh, Tokyo Dining next door is still a uh, still a good option. We enjoy it. I'm, I haven't tried it yet. I haven't been there. I, yet. I know the, Corey and Bob enjoyed yeah, it. Corey so. and Bob I love the sushi. That, that. So let's hope let's hope that stayed that stayed the same too. We're actually looking forward to trying that. Every time we go there and we see the the stuff come out of that area, it looks so beautiful and so well prepared. When we were first invited to the birthday party, we both sat there and thought, "Oh, we hope it's in the front part of the restaurant." <laughs> it wasn't. All right. Well, thank you very much, Kevin. And that will do it for us this week. We will be back with you again next Tuesday with another edition of the Diz Unplugged Content. Thanks for listening.